give you all praise and honor and glory because of who you are. Lord, we thank you for watching over us. Thank you for taking care of us. Lord, we thank you for providing for us. Lord, just help us. Help us to be thankful. Help us to be thankful people, Lord. Help us keep our eyes on you to see what you're doing and to be thankful for what you are doing. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, just be with us now. Open your word to our hearts. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Today is the last of uh, the series on talking about prayer. And I've reminded us there each week that, remember, prayer is a privilege that we have because of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We pray out of relationship. We pray because we are His children. So it's out of that father-child relationship that we pray. You know, we see it that, you know, He's my Father. He's my Heavenly Father. And so we pray to Him. And we need to see that, you know, it, because God is our Father, that it's a real privilege to pray. You know, we need to see sometimes, and, and maybe today I want to think a little bit about the benefits and just why is it a privilege? Why is it a privilege? Why, it's a, why is it a privilege to pray? Do I see it that way? How do I see, how do I see prayer when, when we talk about prayer? How do I see it? You know, for some, it might be like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. You know, sometimes it might be a reminder, oh, yeah, I need to pray. I should pray more. You know, and, and those things could be very, very well true. But it's even more important that we see that prayer is out of a relationship. And I'm praying to someone who I think, in our eyes, we should realize that is special. That's special. And there's privileges, privileges that come with, with praying. First of all, I think it's important that we realize that, you know, the one we're praying to, we need to realize, who is, who is this one we're praying to? Well, he's the creator of the universe. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. You know, this is pretty basic, but it starts with the fact that God is the creator. He's the creator. We can't lose sight of that. It was interesting to me this week. I was, I was helping tutor over at Elmwood. And, uh, and, you know, you read these little books with second, third, fourth graders. And, and they're little booklets, you know. And I'm reading this little booklet. It's about a monkey with this little boy and the book is for or the title of it is the namer in this booklet it says that the animals walked by the namer and the namer gave him a name how subtle how subtle all of a sudden now the namer is given names to the animals not god who created them and adam named them but the namer is naming the animals. I thought, is that interesting? But if you can start to destroy the fact that God is a creator, then you've destroyed the whole foundation of who he is. So for us, hopefully, 
that we realize that God is the creator of the universe. I can come to him. I can talk to the one who created the universe. If there's a problem in the universe, who do you think is most concerned about it? The creator. The creator. I think we're stewards of the universe. I think God holds us accountable for being stewards. But he's the creator. What's that song, the old song? He's got the whole world in his hands. You know, it'd be pretty scary if you didn't really believe that. If I thought for a minute that the politicians had the whole world in his hands, I'd be scared. But I can trust that God has the whole world in his hands because he created it. He created it. So I can go to him, the creator of the universe. It says in there that he, he has power over all things. Things that are visible and invisible. Things I can see, things I can't see. There's a lot of things that you can't see. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that we don't know what all's going on. We don't know what's going behind it. There's a whole spirit realm out there. We're going to talk a little bit later. But there's a whole spirit realm we can't see. So there's a lot of things visible and invisible. But he's the creator. So I can, in prayer, go to the creator of the universe and talk to him. Talk to him. And he listens. He listens. He hears. In Philippians 2.9, it says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. I talk about this a lot. He's a name that's above all names. You name something and he's higher than that. He's the name above all names. Whatever you're going through, he's the name that's above that. He's the name above that. So I can go to the one who is the name above all names. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's not the man upstairs. He's not God with a small g. He's Jesus, the name above all names. And we can have access. We can go to him. We can go to We can pray. What a privilege. How much do you think we probably don't go enough? I mean, you know, when you really think about it, he's the creator of the universe. He's the name above all names. I think I probably ought to talk to him a little bit more. You know, you just kind of like, wow, I should, I should communicate with him a little more. You know, because of who he is. Not because of anything else, but because of who he is. What a privilege. What a privilege. We need to honor that name. That's why the Bible says that his name is not to be taken in vain. We don't take it in vain. We don't get flippant about his name. Because it's the name that's above all names, and he's jealous about his name. He doesn't want us getting flippant about it. He doesn't want to use it in, in vain. He doesn't want us using it in profanity or just lightly. That's why I correct kids all the time, you know. Oh, my G, OMG. It's a name. It's a name. It's a name to be honored. It's above all other names, and we need to honor his name. So how do you see God? How do you see him? You know, it's, we have that privilege that he's the name above all names, and so we can go to him. What a, what a privilege. What a privilege. Who are we going to? Well, you know, God, 
God has a bunch of names. He's, if, I, if I talked about his names and what, you know, there's words to describe his names. There's not enough words in our vocabulary to describe his name. The Bible gives us bunches of them. I'm going to give you a few, okay? His, his name is huge, huge. You know, in the Old Testament, he says, I am who I am. You know, he condensed it right out. Well, I am who I am. But who he is is huge, huge. So I'm going to talk about a few of them. We have a privilege of going to him because he's our provider. He's our provider. He provides for us. Matthew 6, 26, he, Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? God provides. He says, I'll provide for you because you have value. You're my child. He says, look at the birds. He says, you know, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't put food in barns. You know, I take care of them. Why can't I take care of you? Why can't you? Why don't you think I would provide for you? Provide for us. He provides. He provides all of our needs. Sometimes he even gives us some of our wants. He's not obligated to give us our wants, I don't think, but he will Give us our wants sometimes. You know, the Bible says he'll give us the desires of our heart. And I think the more we follow him, the more he works on our desires so that our desires line up with his. He doesn't give us the desires of our heart just because I sit around and go, oh, God, I think I need a, let's see, what would I like today? I think I need a new car. You know, so could you please, you said you give me the desires of my heart. So today, I just wish I had a new car. He'll give you the desires of your heart when your desires line up with him. And we understand that he's our provider. Provides for our needs. Provides for our needs. In Psalms, Psalms 145, verse 15 and 16, it says, The eyes of all wait upon you, O Lord. You give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Our eyes look to him because he's our provider. We look to him. You know, too many times, you know, he provides for us so good that we forget to look to him. He gives us grocery stores full of food. So why do I have to look to him? I just go to the grocery store. You know? Why do I have to look to him for clothes? He got, everybody wants to sell me clothes. It's all around me. But we look to him because our eyes look to him. He's our provider. I don't care if it comes through a grocery store or a clothing store or how you get it. As a Christian, you see him as your provider. He uses all kinds of things around us. You know, but we need to recognize him, that he's our provider. We acknowledge him. We thank him. When we need things, we look to him. Psalms 121 is one of my favorite verses. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Oh, my help comes from the Lord. I look beyond myself. Doesn't come from the hills. I look to the hills to remind me that I got to look to him. I look beyond myself. How many times do you look to yourself to provide? How many times do you get in a bind and you think, oh, how am I going to get out of this? You get in a bind, well, how, how am I going to make this work? 
How am I going to make this happen? Look to him. He's your provider. He's your provider. He'll show you. He'll provide for us. What a privilege. What a, what a blessing to be able to go to him. And then we thank him. We have thankful hearts. You know, when you recognize that he opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing, then we're thankful people. We're not thankful when we think we do it on our own. When I think, well, I can, I can handle that. Well, I'll, I can make that happen. I can take care of that. What's there to be thankful for? Because I can fix it. I can do it. But even if you can, we need to realize that he's our provider and we thank him. We have thankful hearts. Personally, I think it's important to thank him because you never know when it might get a little more difficult. You know, some, some people, some people have to walk two, three miles to get water. I'll bet you get thankful for water if you've got to walk two, three miles to get it. I just, that's a guess. You know, I bet you're thankful when you get fresh water. I bet you don't complain. You know, we, we complain over the silliest things. It shows our unthankfulness, really, that we, we complain about stuff that other people would just be thankful to have. And you recognize him as your provider. He's our provider. And then the Bible says that God is our healer. In Exodus, the 15th chapter, the 26th verse, it says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in, in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. Now, that's quite a statement right there. Okay? It says, If you diligently hear, heed the voice, listen to God, do what he says, do what's right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. It says, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. God says, I am the Lord God who heals you. The Bible says that he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he told those Israelites, he says, I am the Lord God that healeth thee, then he still is. He still is. I'm the Lord God that healeth thee. I'm your healer. Psalms 103, verses 1 to 3. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget all of his benefits. God has a benefit package. Isn't that something? He, you know, he thought of it first. He says, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I am the Lord God that healeth thee. I heal all of your diseases. We need to learn to trust him. We need to see the privilege we have to come to him and ask him for healing. Now, Healing can come, I don't care how it comes. You know, I'm pretty, I don't get pretty fussy about that, okay? If I pray to him, then I trust and leave it to him. But I think it's important as his children that we go to him first. Here's what usually happens for God's people. 
Oh, I try this, I try that, I went here. I had a friend that told me I ought to take this, so I took this, I went here, I did that, I listened to this person. My doctor said, oh, nothing seems to work. Oh, I ought to pray. That's normally how we go. I believe we need to see him as our healer, and he's the source. That we pray, Lord, what should I do? What should I do, Lord? Where do I go? I think it's important nowadays to know the doctor you go to. I think it's important nowadays to know where you go, who you're talking to. God, show me. You know, maybe somebody will show you something. Maybe somebody will talk to you and say, hey, what about the, you try, you know, that's okay. But we need to seek him first and hear what he's saying. We need to trust him. We need to trust him. We need to learn to trust him. Lord, I need your healing. And trust him first, not last. That's, you know, he's, he's my father, my heavenly father. He's my healer. Why wouldn't I go to him first? You know? And we, we need to see the privilege we have and who he says he is. You know, I'm not saying, you know, you should never do this or that or, you know, you can't. You know, that has nothing to do with it. We go to him and we trust him, and we trust him to guide us. And I think he will. He'll show us. He'll show us because he loves us. And he says, I am the Lord God that healeth thee. Listen to me. Listen to me. Keep seeking me. You know, don't give up. So many times it's, it's difficult sometimes, but we need, to, we need to keep going to him because of who he is and who he says he is. You know, just, just recently I was taking something over the counter and I was taking one thing and I was looking at this stuff on the counter, you know, on the shelf in the drugstore. And I was looking and then they had another thing just like it that was a little bit different than another bottle. And I thought, hmm, I'm sitting there thinking. And I don't know. I thought, you know, I'm going to try that. Now, this is pretty simple, okay? This isn't a big deal. But, you know, I like and it seems to be doing better than what I was taking before. And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that, you know, you care about those little things. That it seems like a little thing. I don't know. You know, it's not always little. But I said, well, thank you. You know, I think this is better. I think this is better. He can guide us. He, he's, he's our healer. So why wouldn't he guide us through that whole process? You know, why wouldn't he show us what to do, where to go? And so we need to recognize him as our healer. He is our deliverer. He delivers us. What's he deliver us from? He's my deliverer. Oh, okay. What's he going to deliver me from? Well, in the Lord's Prayer, what's it say? Deliver us from evil. Evil what? Is there evil around us? Is it, is it, you know, is there evil anywhere? Lord, deliver us from that. Well, it's all around us. It's all around us. In Psalms 34, 17, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. The Lord delivers us out of all of our troubles. 
And in 34, 4, it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. He delivered me from everything I'm afraid of. Wow. That alone could be a big task. You know, he delivers us. He wants to deliver us. It's my opinion. This is an opinion. What the world has tried to do in, in, in my generation, what I've seen, is we're trying to say there is no evil. We're all good. There's no evil. Matter of fact, 30, 40 years ago, things they used to call sin are now diseases. It's not sin anymore. You know the difference? The difference is, if it's sin, who's going to help you? If it's disease, we can give you a pill. So now we've eliminated the Creator. Because it's not really a sin. It's a disease. So now there is, it's not evil. It's just DNA weaknesses, which are real. I mean, I think that's, that's, I'm not saying that's wrong. You know, DNA weaknesses, let me just say this. The Bible knew that a long time ago. The Bible says that sin goes to third and fourth generation. So don't be surprised at that. You know, oh my goodness, I have the same problem my mom had. I have the same problem my dad had. You know, my grandpa used to act like that. My grandpa used to do that. Oh, well, third and fourth generation, okay? But we have, we have evil around us, and we need to be delivered from it. We need to be delivered from it. When Jesus came and walked the earth, in Luke, the fourth chapter, the 18th verse, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Captive to what? Captive to sin. Captive to sin. And captive to the head of the one in charge of sin, Satan. People are held captive to sin. They can't let go of it. It's got a hold on. They become bound to it. They can't give it up. They can't change. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, I don't know. I don't know what you do with them. We have a whole society full of people like that. And when we don't acknowledge that things are sin, and when we don't acknowledge that Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy then we're just going to give them a pill or we're just going to give them something to try to fix what they're going through. It's not going to get solved. It's a spiritual problem. I realize that it's probably something we'd rather not talk about. Something I, you know, <laughs> there's places that I'm pretty like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to share what I really think, you know been a couple of those places lately and you know um you know there's people make lots of money trying to help people that are bound by things that are spiritual so you're kind of messing in an area that you know you're not really welcome but let me just say this especially in your home especially in your home you have authority in your home you have authority in your home. Dads, you're the head. 
you have the authority. Be spiritually perceptive to things in your home and pray accordingly. Pray accordingly. We need to pray. We need to take authority. You know, we need to take authority over these things. I don't know if you've been listening to, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. doesn't matter. It's on the news. But you know these mass killings? Did you ever listen about two days after a mass killing and they talk to the, or they or they talk about the person that did the killing? How many times have you heard them say, well, you know, the devil made me do it. You know, we all go, oh, ho, ho, that was Flip Wilson. He's, you know, he was a comedian. No, this person said, the devil, I heard. The devil told me. Do you think they're just making that up? You know, we've heard that. I've heard it a lot of times. Um, one of the last ones said, well, you know, he kept saying, I need to kill, cut, burn. It reminded me of kill, steal, destroy. You know, they, they're, what, what is that, folks? It's spiritual. It's spiritual. Jesus came to set the captives free. It's a spiritual thing. And we need to pray. We need to come to our Heavenly Father and ask to be delivered from. Delivered from things that hold us in bondage. Things you say, well, I can't help it. Is there anything in your life you say, well, I can't help it. I've always been that way. Well, Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to set us free. And so we need to go to him. We need to look to him. Now, I will just say this, that when you enter into that realm, it's a battle. And you better be ready for a fight. And my advice is fight to the end. Fight to the end. Don't give up. What, is our, what, is, what, what do we have to fight with? The blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus and the word of our testimony. I, I, you know, we sang that song this morning and it just kind of rang out to me. The word of our testimony. What do you say? You know, Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? You know, they say I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, that. But who do you say I am? What's your testimony? Who is your heavenly father? Who is he? You know, sometimes we need to say who he is. We need to confess it. But don't think when, you're going, when you confess it, you're not going to be attacked. So when you're attacked, don't be surprised. Just keep going. Keep going. Because we have an enemy. You know, an enemy that's out to destroy us. He's at work. And so we come to our Heavenly Father to deliver us. To deliver us. God cares about us. He cares. He's, he cares about me. I want to go to him because he cares. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 15th verse. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God sympathizes with what we go through. He cares about us. He cares about us. Why wouldn't I go to him? Because he cares about me. 
You're special. You're important. So you go to him. Lord, I'm having this problem. Lord, I'm struggling. Lord, help me. Knowing that he cares. He cares. He cares about you. He cares what you're going through. He understands. He sympathizes. You know, he sent Jesus. Jesus went. He was, came as a man. You know, he went through. He suffered. He went through things we go through. He understands. So, you know, we can, we can go to him and know that he listens. He cares about us. You know, sometimes that's all you want in it. I just want somebody to care. Does anybody care? Do you ever feel like that? Does anybody care? <laughs> Does somebody care? You know, you're looking for somebody to care. I'm going to do a funeral this, this afternoon, and, and uh, I'm going to tell the story. But, you know, the, one of my latest best pictures, and maybe I've shared it, I don't know. But my latest best, pic, best pictures of somebody caring, caring, was when President Bush was dying. The story was told that James Baker, his best friend, stood at his bed and rubbed his feet. That's all he did. I don't think there was any communication. Why did he do that? Because he cared. You know, sometimes caring is just being there. You know, we, we care for one another, but, you know, sometimes we make it so difficult. But by that same token, God cares about us. He cares about us. And so we have the privilege of going to him. Because he cares. Sometimes he'll care and he'll send people like that. You know, he cares for us and he'll send people. Sometimes he'll sovereignly do it. Sometimes he'll do it without help. He don't need help. But most of the time he sends people. He sends people to care. He might send you to care for somebody else. You might be God's messenger to somebody else to say, hey, I care. You know, you don't have to Sometimes just do a lot, just be there. Just show kindness. You know, hey, I care. But he cares about us. It's a privilege. It's a privilege we have to go to him. And then last of all, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. Well, if God's got a plan, then I suppose I should go to him and figure out what his plan is. Sarcastically. You know, God does have a plan. If God's got a plan, then wouldn't you want to go to him and find out what it is? Now, I have a plan. You have a plan. God's got a plan. I can do my plan. And then I can wonder why, well, this don't seem to work. Well, this don't seem to work out. Or I can try to do somebody else's plan, live their plan out for my life. But I need to find out what God's plan is. Romans eight twenty eight, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We're called according to his purpose. What is God's purpose for you? Not for somebody else that you do what somebody else did. Not that you're like somebody else. I have to be like, you know, in families. You know, if you got four or five, six, two kids, they're none of them alike. God's got a plan for each one of them. A purpose for each one of them, and it's different. And so we go to him and we seek him. Lord, show me your plan. Show me your plan. What do you want us to do? 
We have that privilege of going to him. And he's got the plan. He's got the plan. He's got the plan for you. He's got the plan for me. He's got the plan of what he wants us to do today, tomorrow, in the future. And so we go to him. We acknowledge him that God's got the plan. I need to look to him. That's why for the Christian, there's always a plan. Always a plan. Whether you're young, whether you're middle-aged, whether you're working, whether you're not working, whatever it is, God's got a plan. We're called according to his purpose. And so we go to him and say, Lord, show me. Show me. Show me what you want me to do. Show me the plan. I don't think it's a, I don't think he holds it back so long. No, I'm not going to show you. Just try to figure it out on your own. There's nowhere it says that. You know, he wants us to follow his plan. I'm not saying it's always real easy. You know, he came to Moses in a burning bush. I, I sometimes wish for that, you know. I, you know, maybe I do, maybe I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, like, okay, I got it. Here's the plan. You know, it's a burning bush. It's not burning. Wow. Must be a plan in there. You know. But we keep seeking him because his word says he's got a plan. So, Lord, I'm going to keep seeking you. I'm going to keep finding. I want to find your plan. I want to know what you want for me. I don't care what's happened in your life. I don't care about your past. I don't care how bad it was. I don't care how dumb you are or how dumb you think you are. You know, I got young, these kids, you know, they get, I'm ugly. You are not ugly. I argue with them all the time. I'm stupid. You are not stupid. I'm ugly. You are not ugly. I'm fat. You are not fat. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. He's got a plan for you. And so we seek him. We have the privilege of looking to him and trusting him. So no matter what, no matter what we, we face, we have the privilege of having a heavenly father. Heavenly father. He's got the whole world in his hands. And he's got you and me in his hands. All of us. And so we go to him. The one who can do anything. Anything. Why what, give, you know, give me one good reason why we wouldn't go to him and pray. Probably the only reason I can think of is if you don't know him as your father. If you don't know him. If you don't know him as your father, that's easy. You can take care of that. You know, we can confess our sins. We can come to him. And he'll receive us, forgive us. And we're born again, born into a heavenly family. And he's our father. We make that decision. And then we go to him and we pray. We pray out of relationship. Relationship with him as our heavenly father. Let's all stand. Heavenly father, we just thank you for the privilege we have to be your children. Lord, we just, we just uh, forget sometimes all the good you have for us and all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for providing, for caring for us, for healing us, for delivering us from all sorts of evil. Lord, I pray that you just help us to remember, remember the privilege we have to pray and to come to you. Lord, just uh, be with those that are here this morning that uh, are going to leave now. Lord, just bless them. Lord, if anyone has a need for prayer today, 
I pray that uh, while we get ready for the potluck and to eat, that uh, they might come up with Tom and Pam over to my left here up front, and they could pray with them. Lord, we just ask you to just uh, be with us now. Bless the food, Lord. Bless those that provided it. Lord, just bless our time together of fellowship. Lord, we just thank you for being with us. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.